Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We complete our sermon series called The Anointing Oil today as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Pastor Geshom shares with us the power of vision and endurance that the Holy Spirit bestows on us when we make room for his anointing in our lives. Without the Holy Spirit, the Christian life would be devoid of power, purpose and perseverance. Will you still your heart and hear what God has in store for you today? Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege that we get to worship God in this church online experience. And even as we've been going through this entire series uh called the anointing oil and as we've come to the last part of the series, I believe that uh we all will have an infilling of the Holy Spirit. I know a lot of us already probably have asked the Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our lives and we are probably recipients of his anointing. But can I urge you today, can we all ask for a fresh anointing? You know the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is the fact that he's likened to an oil, he's likened to the water, he's likened to fire, he's likened to the wind. There are so many aspects of him. So today whatever aspect uh you know you have as a reference i want you to desire the holy spirit you know the first part we saw what it takes to actually have the holy spirit in us like when he comes and resides in us the bible says that we are the temple of his holy spirit and as we allow him to come in he consecrates us he changes the very being within us it's the same heart but he consecrates us and he sets us apart the second week you know we saw how he empowers us he empowers us so that we can be witnesses we saw this beautiful tie between the old testament and the new testament where uh, elisha was empowered by a double anointing a double portion of the holy spirit that was on elijah and we saw how jesus you know was a fulfillment of that here on this earth and today you know uh, as we celebrate as the world celebrates pentecost sunday you know it's a festival it's a feast but for us the beautiful thing is this in the midst of all the noise in the midst of all the celebration he is this tangible person who's actually willing to come into our hearts and stir us you know for a lot of us he would be this comforter for a lot of us he'll be a helper for a lot of us he'll be the advocate he will fight for us for a lot of us he is our intercessor he moves us to groan when we don't have words to move us to actually cry out and then he intercedes for a lot of us he is that counselor where he drops in those wisdom droplets every now and then into our hearts so that we'll be able to walk in wisdom and in understanding and he is a person who is a standby he is a person who's always on standby standby for what standby so that when we call on him he comes to us standby so that when he you know tells us what to do we are able to do when we are caught in the corner not knowing how to do he will give us the word of wisdom to take the right direction you know jesus in the book of john uh, 14 right before his, the last supper and all that he was teaching his disciples and he starts off by teaching saying you know what i am the way i am the truth i am the life you know that we memorize the scripture but even before that in the start of the uh, chapter he goes on to say you know what disciples i'm going back to be with my father i'm going there so that i can prepare rooms so that the time will come when we all will be gathered together 
And it's in that continuation, he actually talks about the Holy Spirit. And he says a beautiful passage, which I want to start off today, this day of Pentecost, so that we will be reminded who Jesus has left us, uh, you know, with and who he's allowed for us to journey along every day of our life, whatever stage we are in, the Holy Spirit will be this constant companion with us. So John chapter 14, we're going to read a couple of passages from 16 to 18 and then verses 25 to 27. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version and this says, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved and helpless. I will come back to you. 25, I've told you these things while I am still with you, but the helper who is the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, stand by the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. Peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. He will teach you in all things and he will help you remember everything that Jesus has told. That's the beauty about the Holy Spirit. He will bring to remembrance. He is the one who inspired everyone to actually put the text together, to write down what God told his people, to write down what God's instruction was for his church. He's referred in verse 16 to as the parakletos in the Greek, which means close. Kletos is to make a call. You know, he uh, is constantly referred to as a legal advocate. He will stand. He will judge between the right and wrong. And oftentimes, as Christ followers, we will be caught in a fix where we will be unable to actually stand for ourselves. And what I mean by this is there will be situations where, you know, we will be like, Lord, I don't even have the words. I don't have the courage. I don't have the position. I don't have the strength to stand up and talk. But he, when we call on him and we say, Holy Spirit, can you please take care of this on my behalf? It really hurts me. It really, you know, is bringing anger. It really invokes anger. It really invokes sadness in me. But can you come and please handle this situation? Can you please, you know, move their heart? Can you move everything? And I believe we are at a crucial time as a church. We are at a crucial time across the globe. We all need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. A fresh anointing. Fresh anointing, not uh, that we are actually in old wineskins, we are actually new wineskins. So when he pours in something new, we're able to see it for a long term. God, what is it? Okay, this is the journey. We saw last week how we have to be saturated and that comes from this. And so today, this anointing oil that we are talking about has 
you know such an importance in our lives especially when we go out today i want to pray specifically for each of you who are watching and listening i want to pray specifically wherever you're at that there'll be a fresh downpour of the anointing it's his anointing that causes us to see dreams and visions it's the anointing that causes us to stand as watchmen on those walls and guard our families guard our marriages guard our situations in which we are in right now it's that anointing which grants us favor to get into rooms where we feel less qualified it's his anointing which irrespective of whatever my family situation is whether i feel uh, you know whether i'm able to parent my kids as husband and wife or just as a single person it's his anointing which helps me do it and so today the holy spirit wants us to do this journey with him jesus told his disciples this you know many choose the broad and the uh, road which is you know typically like a highway but the christian walk is one which is so tight which is which got thorns bushes the road is not good it's not an easy breeze through you can't go at a constant speed but the holy spirit is with you if life slows you down he is with you in the slow down if life is moving at a fast pace he is with you but are you hearing from him are you listening to him if life is just happening like the mundane you're like you know what this is just another day you know i just feel like wasting time he's still with you but would you open your heart and listen god has distinct plans and purposes for each and every one of us we're going to be looking in the, from the book of acts what happened in the day of pentecost and what are some lessons that we can take and i've come down to two points which i really want us to hold on to as we celebrate pentecost sunday and as we ask for the holy spirit's fresh anointing over our lives the first thing is the anointing changes our tunnel sized vision this anointing that we receive from the holy spirit changes our tunnel sized vision what is our tunnel sized vision if you've gone in a tunnel you know especially where there's water above and they have built a bridge uh, you know under the sea or under a uh, under a river bed you'll see that it's quite constricted there's nothing there's nothing extra you won't see outside light coming in you see cars are moving at a constant speed no one wants to get stuck in you'll see there are exhaust fans making sure that there is air circulating you know there's not enough room for you know to just drive however you like to stop to take you know to take a break you don't find uh, fast food joints in a tunnel sized vision and sometimes we've caught on to this tunnel sized vision so serious in our life because we are so caught up with the end destination but the holy spirit when we are actually uh, you know he when we receive the anointing he changes our tunnel sized vision you'll soon realize everything that he's equipped you everything that you've gone through in life be it your education be it the work that you're having be it your financial situation be it uh, you know uh, the things that you've uh, the name that you have the family you belong to everything has a purpose it's not meant to take you on this tunnel sized vision at all and i want us to keep that in mind as we continue to read a couple of passages from acts chapter 1 Acts chapter 1 verses 6 to 11 goes on to say so when the apostles were with Jesus they kept asking him lord has a time come for you to free israel and restore our kingdom he replied the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they are not for you to know but you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and while they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. You know, as I read this passage, it's Probably uh, within the whole Pentecostal denomination, this is probably the most used passage to talk about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to talk about evangelism, to talk about our mission and our, you know, commission in terms of what we as Christians have to do today in this world is to take, you know, the gospel to the ends of the earth. It starts off with Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And it happens with the help of the Holy Spirit. And it's probably the most talked verse. But as I was preparing, I was thinking, God, we all are so consumed in our tunnel-sized vision. How do we navigate out of this tunnel-sized vision into something that you're calling us? Because his gospel was just not meant for Jerusalem. His gospel was just not meant for Judea. His gospel was just not meant for Samaria. His gospel was just not meant for the uttermost parts of the world. It spread that way, but it never was and I realized God wants to change our tunnel-sized vision to an inverted funnel-sized vision. So, you know, I have with me a funnel here. This is what I could find uh, in the house. And a lot of us are so consumed in this funnel-sized vision, wherein today a lot of us, you know, what we study, we work, our family influence, our background, everything we kind of like, you know, put into the if it comes into the funnel, you see it's a very concentrated place where the outflow will happen. And a lot of times, even our Christian walk, our experience with church, our experience with what God's done with our life, our testimony, our growing uh, Christianity over the years is all coming into a funnel. And we think this is what our Christian journey is all about. But when I read this, God reminded me, this is what you're supposed to be an inverted funnel-sized vision, wherein we take everything, but when I ask you to do, this is what happens in your life. Yes, it might look like you're having a small impact, but if you keep going at it with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to go to bigger places where you're going to testify, bigger situations where you're going to stand and testify about me, bigger places where people be wondering, how is he able to do this? How is he able to have the grace of God in his life and still do so many things? How is he able to see God's plan and purpose in and through his life? It will happen. Only if we allow the Holy Spirit. The anointing causes us to change our tunnel-sized vision into an inverted funnel-sized vision. And so today, church, I want to ask you, what are you repeatedly asking Jesus? Verse 6 goes on to say that they were asking him. In the Amplified Version, it says, so when they had come together, they asked him repeatedly. Uh, I don't know what your experience has been with kids, but if you realize when you say, when you're not giving the right answer to your kid for what they're asking for, what do they ask? They hit repeat mode, which means, uh, you know what, can I have this? No, can I have this? Or can I have that? They want an answer which will benefit them. 
the disciples it's probably every other opportunity they got to sit with jesus this is right after resurrection and you know before pentecost jesus spent around 40 days with his disciples and as he was walking with them i'm sure there were a lot of conversations where they were probably thinking jesus are you going to restore israel back are you going to give us our nation back because they now saw supernaturally jesus is alive he's with them he can probably change things around without you know without having even a big army their tunnel size vision was so small and so today as i was reading that i was what are our constant prayers what are we repeatedly asking god what are we repeatedly asking you know and badgering jesus and saying god this has to happen this has to happen this has to happen and we have failed to understand that the spirit of god that god wants to have in our life is for something far bigger is for something far uh, you know more than what we can imagine look at the answer that jesus gives them he says even i w- don't know the father sets a time for when that will happen but i am sending the holy spirit and when he comes upon you you will be my witnesses telling people the entire narrative changed so today when the anointing comes over our lives when we get a fresh anointing over our lives for those of us who have already been anointed by the holy spirit he is going to change that tunnel sized vision to something far bigger the disciples wanted their nation restored but jesus gave them the holy spirit to go and be witnesses today what you're asking for repeatedly god's going to change that and show you something far more fruitful something far more beneficial for his kingdom and for us and in it's in this we will find our purpose his will for our lives and we'll be able to see what god has in store so jesus wants us to see that the anointing that we receive from the holy spirit is not like a tunnel but is like an inverted funnel it's so when he pours in so today just imagine every experience that you've had be it your education your friends your christian walk your faith journey the testimonies that you've gone through just imagine if you look at it through an inverted funnel you'll see the holy spirit expanding your world view you'll see the holy spirit expanding your understanding of people you'll see the holy spirit expanding your understanding of how people are being touched of what god is really doing today you'll soon identify what is your jerusalem you'll soon identify what is your samaria you'll soon identify what does it actually means to the uttermost parts of this world it only happens this way so church i want us to have the anointing because he gives the power and the ability verse 8 it says but you will receive power and ability when the holy spirit comes if it was just left to geshom i will be happy looking at a tunnel sized vision cause it's achievable it's within my power it's within my strength it's within my ability it's it's within my framework of my strengths and weaknesses but it but when i receive the anointing of the holy spirit it's his power it's his ability that helps me see things differently and helps me be a witness for him 
Uh, A.W. Toza says this beautifully. He says this, he is the sweetest, that is the Holy Spirit is the sweetest, most understanding and wonderful teacher in the world and he never panics anybody. It is sin that does that. It is sin that does that. So today, every form of inadequacy that we have is coming because of some brokenness in our life. You know, if God's been telling you, Geshom, I want you to step into this area. I need you to have faith. I lack faith probably because of the horrid stories I've heard around. If probably as a single parent, you've, you're, you're, you're thinking, God, how can I do this alone? But And you're looking at your own weaknesses and the brokenness that the world and the situations around has made you. You'll soon only see things within the power and the ability within which can be handled by yourself. But if the anointing comes, you'll soon realize this lift that I'm the this life that I'm called to live is for a generation future. This call that God has given in my life is so that God can set them and their future will be secure in Jesus. I don't have to strive so much. The power and the ability that He gives will be far more bigger. The influence that He gives will be far more bigger and better. That tunnel size vision will change when the Holy Spirit comes and it will become this inverted funnel vision. So can we allow the Holy Spirit to change that? The world talks about this tunnel vision constantly. Equip yourself, do this masterclass, do this, do that, go to Skillshare, do this, do everything so that you can actually be that, you'll find that niche which God's calling you to do. Today, God will use whatever you've gone through in life change it around and use it as an inverted funnel to bless everyone. That's what happened. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. I love this story of how Peter rose up and stood. Peter was a fisherman. Peter was a hardened follower of Jesus so much that he always, you know, whatever he thought through, he just went and did it immediately. He had to go cut the guy's ear. He just went and retaliated. At the time when he feared for his own life, he was willing to deny the three years that he stood for next to Jesus. He denied him three times. When he saw all hope lost, he left and he went back to his trade. Yet when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he stood up. And when he stood up and when he spoke, it was just not him. It was the power and the ability that the Holy Spirit had given him. To do what? Not to go back and become the run the biggest fisherman's you know, business possible. No. It was to do something for his glory. And in the process, did he complete and do all that his God called him to do? He did. Today, we are so consumed by the fact that we need to know everything. But it's the Holy Spirit who reveals time and again. He is the revealer of mysteries. He is the revealer of everything in our life. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is that he equips whatever we have for his glory. He uses whatever our story looks like for his glory. But it comes with one criteria. That is obedience to the Holy Spirit. If you see the infilling of the Holy Spirit happened. And when the infilling of the Holy Spirit happened. It's not a person who's in the side, you know, nudged Peter and said, stand up and talk. No, it's the prompting within that caused him to obey and stand and talk. And we saw 3,000 people, you know, come to salvation because of that. 
for those of you who've already received the Holy Spirit and who've been on this journey, what is it that the Holy Spirit has been prompting you all this while? What is it that he's been telling you that you have lacked and not obeyed and you've been struggling and asking questions? When we obey the Holy Spirit in these promptings that he nudges us, he tells us, he speaks in our mind, he drops it into our spirit man. That's when we rise up in the power and the ability that he gives. A lot of us want to have this kind of a story of Peter. Oh, you know, he qualifies the unqualified. No, in Peter's eyes, he was a qualified person. His identity was strong as a fisherman. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he uses him for something far bigger. So today, we all are running our tunnel-sized vision. Can we ask the Holy Spirit, I'm opening myself, Lord, here for you to come in and pour yourself out so that you can do something far bigger in and through my life. So that I'll be a witness in my Jerusalem. I'll be a witness in my Judea. I'll be a witness in my Samaria and to the uttermost part of this world. Today, God wants you to be a witness in your Jerusalem. For a lot of us, we struggle to be a witness with, within our own marriages, within our own children, within our own families. God will enable you. You will soon move from this tunnel vision to an inverted funnel to see far bigger things. You won't pick and fight battles which are not yours. The Holy Spirit will say, keep quiet and you'll keep quiet in obedience, in the power and ability that he gives you and you will see him come and work through. The beautiful thing about Peter's story is this happened uh, around AD 30. You know, the Pentecost, the time when we see, um, you know, the infilling of the Holy Spirit come upon the disciples who are waiting in the upper room. AD 39, nine years later, we see something even more beautiful happen. And what happens is, uh, till then, you know, the gospel has been preached in Jerusalem, in Judea, to Jewish people, to people of Jewish origin, either by birth or they've, you know, converted to following Judaism, you know, and followed uh, the true and living God. The, the prayer that Solomon makes, that whoever hears your word, let them know that you are the true and living God. You know, when he dedicated that temple. And so there was a lot of people who were coming in to Jerusalem. In AD 39, we see that, Peter has a revelation, a fresh revelation. He's lying down and then as he's lying down, he sees an entire sheet with all the animals possible. And Peter tells, you know, I can't eat all these animals. And God says, I've created everything. As much as I've given you commands earlier saying some are clean, some are unclean, but I am the one who's created everything. And we see a lead up to that. What happens that Cornelius, who is a Gentile, who is in fact a Roman person, actually invites, sends his people to come and invite Peter to his house. And I love a verse which says there, it's the Holy Spirit who told him to stand up and go. If we are able to obey the Holy Spirit in our Jerusalem, he will move us to our Judea. If you are willing to obey the Holy Spirit in our Judea, he will move us to our Samaria. If only we are able to obey the Holy Spirit in our Samaria, would we be able to move to the ends of the world? And so I would want to read that verse which says in Acts 10 verse 19 to 20, Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So today, 
Are you going to step into uncharted territories? Yes. Are you going to step into places where you probably don't have a family history of doing anything? Yes. Are you going to step into places where God is taking you, where you might be the full runner in something? Yes. But who is with you? Who would give you the power and the ability? The Holy Spirit would give you the power and the ability. And we see that as he goes there, he sees a gathering of people. Cornelius was already, you know, worshipping God. He was, you know, living a right life. And so as he went there, Peter knew that God had called him here for something different. He tells Cornelius, you know, it's not right for a Jew to actually come into a Gentile's house. But because the Holy Spirit told him, go ahead, he went in. And what we see is far more miraculous. And I believe that is when the breaking of it happened to the uttermost parts of the world. Everyone, all of us are, you know, people who are actually uh, listeners of the gospel or have heard the gospel or, you know, received Jesus because of this one very act that happened. He went in there, he started speaking to them. They all accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. And, you know, the progression that we've seen is people have been filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, as they get baptized. But here, even before they could take baptism, the Holy Spirit came upon them. It says in verse 44, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of them who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. So church, today, the one thing I would want us all to take Yes, the Holy Spirit is important. His anointing is what we are desiring for. His anointing is going to change our tunnel-sized vision into an inverted funnel-sized vision. It's in that obedience to the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to conquer our Jerusalem. We'll be able to take the next bold step into our Judea, into our Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the world. Let's obey the Holy Spirit. The anointing causes me to obey. The anointing moves me to obedience so that I'll be able to do all that God has planned and purposed for me. The second thing is this anointing upholds us during persecution. I'm repeating it again because a lot of you probably are choosing not to hear the word. This anointing of the Holy Spirit upholds us during persecution. You know, as I was preparing, I wanted to conclude with this because this is our Christian life. Today, our Christian life here is not about building an empire here. It's not about building and making a name for ourselves here. But it's to do what God's called us to do in every sphere that we are in. In education, in judiciary, in government, in, um, you know, in media, and you know, in every as business, in the church. Every aspect, God wants us to be anointed so that we can do what he's called us to do. He's equipped us. He's calling us, go be the salt and light today. And as we go, we will face persecution. You know, there are so many of our brothers and sisters who are facing persecution, which is far more than what I can even talk about or, comp you know, even understand. 
they are giving up their lives for the sake of Jesus. And today, somehow, we think persecution is not for us. If we say that Jesus is our God, if we desire this anointing, there will be persecution. And what does this persecution cause us to do? It causes us to still rely on the power and the ability that the Holy Spirit gives and move forward. Because at the end of it, our temporary you know, residence is here on this earth, but our permanent residence is there in heaven with Jesus. You know, last week we heard we are saturated. We'll be like those five virgin wise women who actually had that extra oil to make sure they were able to meet that bridegroom. And so today I want us to, I'm asking you, would you allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through whatever persecution you're going through? He will uphold us. He will stand with us. He will fight those battles. And we need to come to our assurance that God, even if it doesn't look like you're fighting or not to my eyes, I'm going to still do what you're calling me to do. Even as we read from Acts chapter 4, we see where Peter and John, after their healing of blind Bartimaeus, they're led to the council and they say, you know, you shouldn't preach this in um, uh, in Jesus' name. They, they literally want to shut them down. But they say, you know what, we will preach. You crucified him, but he is the Messiah. They go on to say, and then there's one of the prominent Pharisee who rises up, Gamaliel, and he says, you know what, if this is a movement by man, it will fizzle out. Give it some time, it will fizzle out. But if this is a movement of God, we can't even stand in the way. And, you know, for uh, peace sake, they flog them and they send them out. And then as they go back to the group of believers, they all are praying there. It's interesting. It goes on to say in Acts 4, 27 to 31, as the believers are praying, this is what they are saying. This is their prayer. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. So today, what is our first response when persecution comes? Our first response should be prayer. Because it's in prayer we will receive a double portion of the power and the ability to take the next step. It's in that prayer is when we'll be able to see God more clear. Every time the church was persecuted and then on when you go on to read, you'll see time and again the church being persecuted every other time. You see Saul come into the picture when, and then you see the d- disciples get you know dispersed and they see the church grew. Wherever they went, you see after that Philip, he goes on. He uses every opportunity. The Holy Spirit is doing marvelous things. He just typically just teleports him to different places. He testifies and he's out. He baptizes the, uh, the eunuch there and then he's out. That is what will happen as we keep trusting the Holy Spirit in everything. He will give us the power and the ability. It goes on. We see the gospel start spreading across to different parts. In the midst of all, 
as Paul is starting to preach, as Peter is starting to preach, as they go across, you see there are instances where the Holy Spirit, you know, comes upon a city. And as people are getting saved, there is that much of opposition and persecution that happens. So today, church, we all are living at a time when we all will have some form of persecution or the other. Some of us in our workplace, some of us in our very homes, because probably you're the only one who's saved. Or probably for some of us, it could even be, uh, you know, the mandate that God's placed on our hearts to take this gospel, this healing, this restoration that he brings to a lot of people who are hurting outside. You will face persecution. But if you're discouraged, I would encourage you, would you ask for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit? You know, John R. Rice says this beautifully. He says, the world never burnt a casual Christian at the stake. The world never burnt a casual Christian at the stake. So today we can either be a casual Christian or we can be an anointed Christian. I want to be an anointed Christian because I want to be in spaces with his power and ability to do that he's called what he's called me to do. You know, everything, every experience, everything that we've gone through is so that God will be glorified, so that people will be able to be witnessed to about the fact that Jesus is the true and living God, that he is our savior, that with him there's life, he is the way and he is the truth. So today, let's not give in to fear. Let's not give in to doubt. You know, William Secker says this beautifully. He says, Neither the persecuting hand of men nor the chastising hand of God relaxed ancient singular saints. Believers resemble the moon, which emerges from her eclipse by keeping her motion and ceases not to shine because the dogs bark at her. Shall we cease to be professors because others will not cease to be persecutors? Shall we cease to be professors because others will not cease to be persecutors? As long as we are followers of Jesus, as long as we desire and want to be anointed, we will have persecution. Things won't go our way. Things won't look like the way we want it to. But with his power and ability, it will change. It will change. I just want to leave uh, this particular passage that Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5. And he says some of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When I preach the first part, I took uh, what is it that the Holy Spirit will do in our lives and consecrate us from. But today with the power and the ability that the Holy Spirit gives us, he allows us to you know, bear fruit in his name. And what does that fruit look like? But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, that is inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character and moral courage. Our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging or provoking one another, envying one another. So church, 
today i would ask you would we desire the holy spirit because he will uphold us during our persecution we will not the power and the ability because what happens is when we desire this anointing we move into a place of habitually con- you know habitually wanting a fresh anointing it says here you know you need to ask the holy spirit paul tells initially he says but i say walk habitually in the holy spirit so today can we make that decision i want to walk habitually in the holy spirit i want his anointing to be my everyday portion because it's in that everyday portion he'll enable me he will give me the power and the ability to do what he's called me to do that's in that we'll be able to uphold he it's in that that the holy spirit will be able to uphold us during our times of persecution you know there's no solution for the persecutions that we'll face but we definitely will have direction we'll have sustenance we'll have the strength to take the next step because the holy spirit is with us so church today i just want to pray wherever you're at that this holy spirit would come afresh upon our lives i believe he wants to come down in the very homes that you're at the very places that you're at sitting and listening if you're driving right now and you're listening to this as a sermon podcast that this would allow you to experience the fresh anointing of the holy spirit whichever day it is upon your life so that the tunnel vision that we pursue after will change to this inverted funnel so that we'll be witnesses we'll be able to do all that he's called to do in obedience in the jerusalem that we are at in our own samaria and to the entermost parts of the world and the second thing is that he will uphold us the holy spirit will uphold us whatever persecution we are going through he won't you know betray us or let us down but he will give us the power and the ability to take the next step yes we might not have a definite answer and a full stop but he will enable us to have life and live life to its fullest so can i just pray for you church a loving heavenly father lord we thank you lord for this time lord thank you lord for this beautiful series that we've been doing on the anointing and even right now i just ask that your fresh anointing would fall down lord jesus on each and every one lord i pray that lord in places where there has to be a fire that has to come down may it come down and consume us right now lord our spirit man be consumed our mind be consumed our hearts be consumed where we need a fresh wind lord jesus where it has to blow away everything lord jesus so that it is not part of our lives i pray you would come in lord jesus i pray lord for the oil which has to be poured into our hearts i pray you would pour down that oil lord jesus that our very own hearts will be consecrated right now lord jesus will that we wouldn't strive we won't have the these appetites and this passion for things that are not of you lord jesus but we will pursue after you habitually lord jesus i pray holy spirit would you come down lord i pray whatever role people are at lord jesus that they would see this inverted funnel that you've called us to be lord that we wouldn't limit ourselves lord jesus we wouldn't just be happy with the power and ability that we personally have but we will take our source from the holy spirit we'll take it from you lord jesus 
fall afresh, Lord Jesus. I pray family situations will change, Lord, because of the anointing that is on our lives, Lord. I pray, Lord, generations, our future generation will change because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray where there's peacelessness in homes right now, I pray may anointing come and give peace. I pray for those who have had weakness in their lives all this while. I pray anointing will give them strength, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, for those who've, Lord, had self-doubt, Lord Jesus, and been doubting every step of the way. May you give them the ability, Lord Jesus, to take that step of faith and stand their ground because the God of angel armies is by their side. Holy Spirit, strengthen them. Give them the assurance that you are with them, Lord Jesus. We thank you. Be with us and bless us. I pray that, Lord, you'll protect each and every one of us. Guard our anointing, Lord. We don't want to lose anything from that you've given to us, Lord. I pray that you would alert our spirit, Lord Jesus. Alert us, Lord Jesus. I pray as a community of believers, we would encourage one another. We would strengthen one another. We will all run after you, Lord Jesus. Every day, we thank you, Lord. Be with us, bless us. I pray that, Lord, you'll bless the food and water of every home, the conversations of every home. And I pray that, Lord, may we desire this, not just today on Pentecost Sunday, but every day, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Be with us and bless us. In your most holy name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So even as you step out this week, let not this cry for the anointing of the Holy Spirit just be for on this Pentecost Sunday, but may it be every day. I pray specifically that this inverted funnel would be something that you'll be able to see what God's actually doing in and through your life. Let obedience to the Holy Spirit be something that's ingrained and stitched into your DNA so that every prompting, every move, every soft impression that He's laying on your heart, may we be responders to that. And as, you know, Christians, if we are going through persecution of any sort, remember, He is with us. He is with us. Don't give up. Hold on to Him. Whatever fruit that He wants to exhibit in and through us, let's desire that so that people around will know that whatever comes, I am governed by the Holy Spirit. I pray that you have a blessed week ahead. God bless you all. And remember that, you know, the Holy Spirit is with you. Is with you. He is for you. He wants to be a resident in your heart. Desire Him. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.